If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real-life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Search Solution Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your uh, friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Sivak. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the 10th episode of Between Data and Risk. Uh, and today we decided to talk about uh, design thinking as uh, hmm, it's not really a methodology of uh, designing, more like a mindset. Uh, and you know it has it has gained popularity recently quite quite a lot. There are there are whole websites, courses. It's been introduced uh, in in books. Uh, even in my my last job uh, as a CRO in uh, HSBC, I was uh, given a, a course on uh, an internal course on design thinking, and I was recommended uh, to read a book on design thinking. So it is it is making quite quite a lot of waves in. Uh, in the world. Great. So what is it? Design thinking. <laughs> I, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so it is, uh, it is, uh, a mindset where you put human, uh, first, you put the user first, uh, the, the human centricity of it is something that, uh, you know, you should start with. And then there's a lot of emphasis on, uh, like an explorer mindset on, on, on collaboration, uh, a very good, uh, system kind of for, uh, for design thinking has been, uh, uh promoted by, uh, the a German, uh, university, university of Potsdam. Uh, and in that, um, in, in that kind of system, they, uh, they have separated several phases of, of design thinking. So the first phase, uh, which really kind of emphasizes the, 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 the basics of it is to understand, right? Understand the problem. It is, uh, it is, it is something that should be very, very, uh, common sense. But again, you know, we always, we always say common sense is not that common. So it should almost be a, a, a tagline for the podcast. So, uh, you, sh you should understand what is the problem, where where actually the problem lies, who has the problem. Uh, here is the, the 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 kind of emphasis on human centricity and how how it affects the people who have the problem. Uh, once if you, I, if, I, if I if I if I if I may drop in, it's like seems like whatever problem we tackle, uh, be it be it be it data, be it risk, uh, be it I don't know enterprise architecture. Uh, whatever we talk about in our episodes, we start with, with the problem understanding. It looks like it's, it's a basis of, and it's, it seems almost like it's required to actually solve a problem. And I'm really wondering why people tend to uh, try to save money and time on skipping this step. 
Maybe you can you can you can you can tell me. Sorry to 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 stop it. No, abrupt, it's, it's a very abruptly. good question because, like you know, in, when data science was introduced, all right, it was about taking a scientific approach. It was about scientific method, which you know is based around understanding what is really in the data, what data tells you. We had an episode about listening to data tells you, and it was immediately hijacked by machine learning uh, experts who just dropped the data into more and more advanced tools and, you know, AIs and uh, artificial stupids uh, just to get some result fast, fast, fast. Mm. Is it really possible to find time to understand something in the company? Well, it's it's necessary, right? It's it's one of those things that uh, tends to be overlooked, and uh, partly it's because people are uh, so pressured uh, for 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 results immediately that uh, they they just jump to conclusions. Uh, partly because uh, people tend to you know jump uh, back onto the onto the solutions that have worked previously so you know if like the old saying if if you have a hammer everything looks like a nail so it, it there there seems to be a, a lack of uh, kind of and lack of time or lack of uh, understanding uh, of the understanding phase right the necessity of it that's why that's why pretty much every every mindset every methodology that that uh, comes out and that is making uh, uh, you know waves in the in the business world in the um, academic world it starts with you have to remember to understand what you're actually trying to solve okay and so here the emphasis is slightly different because you're you're meant to understand uh, the problem from the human side so a big uh, a big point is is made to understand how it affects the people that but it doesn't have matter. the problem. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about the general problem because, like, seems like everywhere we turn, it seems like understanding the problem, taking time to understand the problem, would help in identifying the correct solution. And now, from the perspective of senior manager, you've been, let's say, C level executive in in in, in a tier one bank. What can you do as a C-level executive to incite uh, this need of understanding? If I, am, if I have a problem, I should probably understand it before I will try to patch it. Uh, I always try to, 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 to do it by asking the right questions because, uh, um, you know, the, the, I think the worst kind of, of management is, is, is the, the, the kind of management where when you say, I'm not interested in it, just solve it. So this, this kind of almost immediately sends the message that uh, you're, you, you don't care, right? Whereas uh, if you, you don't really need to, to receive the answers, but you need to ask the right questions. Do you understand the problem? Do you know who's affected? If, if the questions you ask start with, do you know, uh, you not necessarily uh, kind of start micromanaging because you, you, you're not saying, tell me who, who, what is the problem? Tell me the details, but you're asking, do you know, you're asking the team, whether they have actually taken the time to, to investigate it, to find the knowledge for themselves. If they, if they tell you, yes, we know, 
then obviously you have to have some trust in them that uh, they they they're they're not trying to uh, you know pull over your eyes. But that that's that's a trust is a, is a completely different issue. We'll we'll come to that probably uh, sometime. Uh, Ask the right questions, and then and then you'll 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 drive the right behavior by asking the, the the questions that should be answered. Okay, I like it. I like this approach. I like asking questions. I hate answering them in six different forms, in six different formats, on six different powerpoints, plus two excels. Uh, that's something yeah. I, I, just... I, I remember the story that you were telling, where where you you kind of you put you put the information on the uh, on the powerpoint presentation, and you were trying to talk about it, but instead you were forced to read it because people were just too lazy to to read it for themselves. But this this was exactly the kind of behavior which 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 I'm talking about, where people were asking you to give them the information, even though you were treating them as high level executives, but they were trying to micromanage. They were trying to get nitty gritty, but, but actually by being lazy, but asking you to, to sp uh, spoon feed them the, the information rather than trusting was, you that you have the information. Yeah? It was question about the dates presented on the Gantt chart. Uh, yeah. It's not spoon feeding, but let's not go into my frustrations. <laughs> from my previous work experiences. Uh, all right, so we need to take time to understand the problem, understand the, the, the people who are affected, and it works for, to my understanding, on every level. You can do it being a CEO, Absolutely. you can do it being an intern, you can do it uh, being, uh, I don't know. So as, as a CEO or any senior executive, as I say, it's best to drive the behavior. You don't necessarily need to understand the problem yourself, but you need to drive the behavior where you're, you're, you're sending the message to your, your teams, to your organization, that they should understand the problem. They should take the time because doing something without understanding is obviously the best recipe for disaster. And then the next phase uh, is alternatively called observe or empathize. I like empathize because it, it goes back to this human, human centricity. Understanding is intellectual, whereas uh, empathy is is more emotional, and uh, this uh, this phase is more about uh, trying to uh, break down the problem, uh, such that you you resolve your assumptions, you research the, the the specifics of the actual situations where the problem occurs. Uh, the, um, you know, you challenge your own uh, preconceptions about the problem and, uh, what better way to, to, to kind of do this than by observing, by actually, you know, going to, to the client or to your, your teams and, and observing what happens, right? Obviously I'm not talking about the CEO going and observing the, 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 the shop floor, but if you have a team that's, uh, you know, or, or one of your, one of your managers, uh, dedicated, uh, to, to solving a problem, ask them to actually go down and observe what's, what's, what's happening, you know, uh, and th that this way you, you, they will get much more information than just by reading reports or, or listening to stories. Listening to story is already filtering the information through someone's brain and you may be filtering out very pertinent details, uh, observing, make sure that you receive a lot of nonverbal information that is, uh, that, that is crucial. Right. We, so we, we spoke in the last episode, uh, about something similar, if I remember correctly, uh, filtering of information. 
you want yes, to get as sometimes you want to get as close to, to to the source as possible because what you what you what you what you get is uh, very often filtered by by somebody else's thought processes uh, by somebody else's i don't know expectations or, or anything like that. Yes, and it's 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 the same it's the same process because uh, with Tushar in the last episode we we spoke about uh, how reporting as it goes higher in in the uh, within the organization it gets filtered and people put kind of their spin on it to make them look better. Uh, here, it, it you may get the same thing. Someone may be telling you about the problem, but uh, they may be leaving out pieces of information that they're not comfortable about. Uh, so, or, or they are unsure of, so by actually observing the problem, so to speak in the wild, uh, you're, 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 you have much better chance of catching all those details, right? I would guess so. Uh, then, then the next phase is synthesize and synthesis is about, uh, putting the, the, the information together and, uh, pulling out the, the, the most crucial bits. And this can be, you know, on, on whiteboards, on, on sticky notes, or, you know, it's, it's really medium, uh, independent, uh, but it's, it's, if you have a group of people, because design thinking is, is about, uh, collaboration, uh, you have to share the information, infer the meaning of, of, of the, the, the actual data that's, uh, that, that you've gathered identify the key information and then select the ones that are actually most pertinent to the solution, work them through, kind of rephrase them, put them in a language that everyone can understand and, and start building the understanding, uh, as a whole, because when, when you're observing, when you're, when you're understanding intellectual, you're probably going to start with pieces. Now in the synthesis, as, as the name suggests, you're building a whole, uh, and grouping the, 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 the problem into bigger and bigger, uh, bits until is, you, you've, you've covered the whole, the whole problem space. This is, this is something very interesting with, with this common, common language, uh, in, in, in data mesh, we, we use the, the phrase ubiquitous language. Uh, which is, uh, which means uh, it's one of the methods of, uh, designing the boundaries for business domains. The people who speak the same language, they probably deal with the same problem and they should be grouped together as a, as a, uh, as a unit. And it's w one of the ways of, of ensuring that the data that you have in one place, uh, is consistently and thoroughly described is to ensure that all the people who deal with this data speak the same language. Uh, the, the, the second not so technical, um, approach, it was, it was recently described in uh, design better podcast, uh, Dr. Cyan Proctor, uh, spoke about building common languages where you have a group of people who are of diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, uh, how to ensure that the communication is, uh, communication sent is a communication received. It is, it is critical to, to, to ensure the success of any, uh, group activity. And I think it's also very often overlooked is, is taking time to ensure that everybody is, uh, you know, seeing the same and understanding the same. 
Uh, it's like, you know, explaining that on the Gantt chart on the top, you have dates and the dates that are there are the dates when the activity is described below start. So it's, uh, it's, it's about ensuring that everybody understand, everybody's understanding of some concepts and words, especially in today's world where we have a lot of jargon in the companies. We have a lot of business domain specific uh, vocabulary building this, this, this common language is important but also i think uh it is important to unify the language of priorities we spoke about value statements uh we spoke about you know uh, ensuring that the example comes from the top but you know this expectations is also in my personal opinion an element of of, of language if i say that something is critical uh it doesn't mean that if I won't get it by Friday evening, I will be a bit uneasy. Uh, it means that you know a bigger process will fail. Yeah, and I, I really like like this this uh, design better podcast. Uh, you know, Dr. Sean uh, Proctor really hit the nail on the head when 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 she spoke about the common languages because we we see this with our teams. Uh, you know, we send a team to to, to the client. They do the interviews. Uh, they they bring their their, their notes uh, interviewing the, the the chief execs or, or or senior management, and then you you really have to sit down and bring those notes to a common level, because uh, you know they they uh, they diverge they diverge in their in their phrasing they diverge in their their vocabulary sometimes, uh, and uh, you have to kind of connect the dots and and equate certain. Uh, you know, thoughts, certain phrases to, to try to build a, a coherent picture. Otherwise you will, you will see very few overlaps very often. So this is, this is something that we see in, in our daily practice pretty much. You know, I'm and, one of the guys who actually came up with an idea of sending data, data, uh, data guy, process guy, and the risk guy into, into our clients. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I would have to, you know, uh, undermine my own effort. Uh, to do so, uh, so yeah, it's if if you are an, you know an exec and if you want to get a good picture and good understanding and good both analysis and synthesis of the of the problem, it's good to listen to more than you know, one trusty right hand person. It's good to listen to multiple people. They they will this and ensure that in the end, after they 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 collected their, their thoughts, they they have an ability to communicate uh it, it actually <laughs> it sounded sounded very funny uh sorry I, I have to kind of put a lighter note on this because I, I i would kick myself if i lost this 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 opportunity uh it sounds it sounds like a beginning of a joke a process guy and data guy and a risk guy go to a client <laughs> so uh, here here's a, a, a kind of a question for our listeners if you can send us your best joke starting with a process guy a data guy and a risk guy go to a client uh, and, uh, you know, we will think of some, uh, some, some, uh, award for this, for this contest, but it, it, it really is a, a great opportunity, I think for some humor. Uh, so now on a serious note, uh, let's, let's go to the, to the, to the next phase. So we've got understanding, we've got observing, uh, we've got the synthesis. So now we, we think we have a grasp on the problem. Now the, the, the time is to ideate. 
right? Actually create some ideas about what we want to do. And uh, here there is a whole plethora of methods. Uh, there is, uh, as, as I said in the beginning, design thinking is not really a standard operating procedure where you, you have to follow the, the, the specific steps. It's, it's more a framework. Uh, we love frameworks, right? And so here, the, the, in ideation, uh, you should be deciding on specific uh, approaches that you want to explore, not the, sp the specific approach. This is, this is the crucial difference. It's not deciding on a specific approach you want to take. It's deciding on approaches you want to explore. Because the chances that you will hit the solution in step one are, are slim to none, right? So think, think outside the box, speculate, uh, kind of a bit whimsically, the, some message that, that are suggested is ask yourself, what would your favorite superhero do? Or, uh, you know, brainstorming methods like hot potato, uh, the six, three, five method, which was actually news to me. Uh, have you ever heard of the six, three, five method? Six, three, five. No, no, I can't say. Uh, you I take did. six people and each one writes down three ideas, uh, then for five minutes, those ideas are uh, kind of discussed and mulled over, and then they swap papers and it, it begins kind of anew. And it's, it's a method to collaboratively exchange ideas, criticize them in a, in a very or kind of organized way, organized way, organized chaos almost. So, you know, it, it all, it's all sounds, sounds very kind of faddy and, uh, I, know, I'm an old, it's old and grumpy control freak. So, mm, well, this, I, this, I, this, this method is supposed to bring you out of this old, old grumpy controlled freakishness, uh, and, and, you know, try something new and actually collaborate with people. Can you convince so, me uh, that, that discussing, we have six people, three ideas, each 18 ideas for five minutes, uh, out of this 18 ideas, probably 15 <laughs> are being added just, you know, to fill out the space. Um, how would you convince me about the value of throwing so much, uh, noise into meaningful communication? Uh, it is the basic premise of brainstorming, come up with wild ideas and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in a mental valley, it's only small explosions put randomly that can kick, you know, propel you out of that valley and into new heights of, uh, of exploration. So no, I, 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 uh, I understand that, you know, in, 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 in risk finance, you use a lot of Monte Carlo methods and you randomly go from some starting point into end directions and hope that you will get somewhere, let's say in a place where it makes sense. But can you tell me like why is it so computationally expensive to calculate stuff with Monte Carlo? It's because you have to explore the, 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 the probability and, and, space. And, and you, and you need to run this simulation millions and millions of times, hoping that the random I'm, I'm personally more into, into genetic algorithms where you, where you get into, however, in genetic algorithms, you know, the, the outcome. On the other hand, if you have a problem, you also would want to, 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 to have some sort of 
desired like, target like state. Like Monte Carlo methods, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the whole point is to explore the probability space. And uh, this allows you to solve problems which are not uh, kind of uh, algebraically tractable. So uh, it is it is actually a great analogy because throwing darts at the board of of, of wild wild ideas, uh, this this hypothetical board that that contains all the ideas in the in the world, uh, you're just throwing darts and seeing what sticks. And uh, it doesn't mean you have you you should go in all those directions. Obviously, you should then apply some sort of analysis to to see if if those ideas actually make sense. But uh, you know, as whimsical as it sounds, asking yourself what w- what would your favorite superhero do is 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 a good mental exercise just to 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 blast to ask yourself. To uh, For sure, well, uh, it's it's a way of asking yourself in a in in a different way. Have, is there something I haven't thought about? And uh, if if you ask yourself if is there something I haven't thought about, you're immediately putting the the, the kind of the blame on yourself almost uh, implicitly, saying is there something that I've done wrong. Whereas if you ask yourself what would your favorite superhero do, you do the same thing, but allowing yourself to to fantasize. And uh, it's I, I'm I'm actually a, a, a big fan as long as it's done for a purpose and not just as a you know. No, just, no, just, I, just for fun. I, no, no, I understand. My, my, my worry is about the, 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 the efficiency of, of the time spent on such exercises. Uh, and how, uh, how, I, how, how, how often does it really bring a, a new solution? Uh, oh, you'd not- be surprised. You'd be surprised. This is, this is exactly what, I, what I'm talking about. Allow your teams the time to explore that probability space because it's if 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 you if you constrain the time too much i'm not talking talking about allowing them to sit sit around for days and think okay what would this superhero do how about do this superhero how about this superhero because then it 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 becomes just an an exercise in futility but uh, you know having having a, some kind of mental jolt once in a while just uh uh uh, you know, it al- allows you to to think really outside the box, and it's not st- it's not just a phrase. What, but it reminds me, we had a discussion with uh, with uh, Doctor Swain recently, and he was telling us how he, let's say, kickstarted some activities in his uh, in his uh, uh, college that he's a president of, and he said that the problem was that they were they had very simple task. They, they they were supposed to replace the signage on, on on the campus so it's more meaningful and they were working on it for three years and they were having meetings and they were trying to find a consensus they had brainstorms uh, they were trying to come you know to 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 to, to collectively uh, you know yeah brainstorm some great idea and in the end he said don't let the perfect uh, stop you from doing good enough and they ended up with the you know pretty simple and, and but effective you know sign for the first building and they took it from there he hoped for something more creative but what we got was fully functional uh, does function need a superhero ah here we come to the to the next phrase of design thinking and the, you know you've you've just hit the nail on the head the next phase is prototype 
and this is this is what was missing i think from from dr swain's team uh the, the, from from their process the prototyping was missing because the 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 d- design thinking uh, says whatever whenever you have an idea that seems very you know fairly viable has, has some kind of probability of of success to just go and prototype if 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 they if they did that if they said okay we've got a, a, a some kind of design for for a sign let's stick it in and see 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 what happens and this is this is exactly what dr swain said right they 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 came to him after after he kind of prompted them to do something they came to him with a design and he just said you know stick it in and see what happens and uh, and and they stuck the, the design in front of the building and it worked it maybe it requires some improvement later on but it did the, the initial job so uh, prototyping is the key here uh, learn more by trying and then seeing the results uh, trying to achieve perfect on uh, uh, in, in in the first iteration is going to lead you to analysis paralysis and uh, it's learn by doing uh, get, get get more information uh, and identify your constraints uh, obviously the big constraints you identify up front by identify the smaller constraints by actually trying to do it and seeing seeing where where what stops you right it's there's there's a, a kind of old saying that people who say it can't be done shouldn't interrupt people who are actually doing it so I think it it applies here. You know, people who want to achieve the perfect should not be stopping people who are trying to do something and move in the right directions incrementally, stepwise, but are actually trying to move in the in the in the right direction. And find the final phrase is test. And this is this is uh, linked with with prototype. Put a prototype together, put it in front of the user, and ask them what they think. You know within certain constraints which are again should be common sense you know safety cost uh, regulation but if if you meet those common sense constraints put it in front of the user see what they they do with it if they break it fine you learn something if they don't like it you learn something mm-hmm. if they like certain bits of it you know which direction to to, to go in and this this can be applied uh, i've i, I uh, so uh, uh, kind of great podcast uh, by uh, Dawan Stanford, uh, Design Thinking 101. And in, uh, in, in, in his podcast, he actually gives great examples of application. If, if, you're, if you're interested in design thinking uh, kind of basics, I would start with episode 32, which is the, the, the kind of introduction to design thinking. But subsequent episodes give, uh, give, give very, very good examples of how design thinking is applied in practice. And where it allowed the, the 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 designers to jolt themselves out of this this mundane thinking or out of perfectionism, and just try something and see see what sticks. I, I, I'm I'm trying to be you know a bit practical here. So let's say I can imagine uh, this is pretty useful when you are designing I don't know new baby shoes or new mouse wrap that we spoke about uh, with uh, with with Dr. Swain, uh, but. Let's, you know, our, some of our listeners are, are senior executives. They are responsible for big chunks of business operations. Uh, 
it's easy to say, you know, okay, prototype and test. Okay, I can make a prototype of a mousetrap, put it next to the mouse and see if it will, you know, bite or not. But, you know, how do you trans- transfer this uh, happy running around waving uh, innovation flag uh, into decisions which affect thousands of people, billions of dollars? Uh, it's it, it sounds cool, but does it really translate? It's, and does it really translate into into the world where decisions are are serious with far-reaching consequences, and where each change can lead? Like I, I I'm still waiting for 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 um, a formalized step, formalized um, way of saying think about the consequences of what you will do because we we had this understand the problem i like it we do it in our job we we, we take three people or four send it to the client uh, or we go ourselves and we are asking people okay what's how does it work we map the processes mm-hmm. then when we try to uh try to change the process we check okay how it will affect the downstream of the element that we want to change. We have a synergistic prioritization matrix, which is built, we spoke about it also with, uh, with Dr. Tuscher, uh, which are designed to ensure that the consequences and the risks associated with the change are properly analyzed. And now here we have a completely different approach. So, oh, let's change something. Let's create a prototype and happily see how it will work. Let's observe how they fold the, the, the world over. It's a big red uh, button. Let's press it. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I know, I know you're trying to kind of be, uh, you know, you're trying to explore the problem in a, in a, in a semi-humorous way, but it, it, it's I not about... <laughs> it's not about a big red button. I'll, I'll give you a practical example, right? Uh, in 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 uh, in one of the institutions I, I, I worked for, we we were trying to design a new uh, credit approval system, okay. and uh, it's it is a decision which you know a, a change which could affect millions of dollars and and affect a lot of people. But the way you don't do it is. Think, think of something and implement it. The keyword here is prototype. And one of the kind of conclude, well, one of the conditions that comes with prototyping is you, that you don't switch your whole, uh, your, your whole train to the new track and see if it crashes is you, you switch a small group of people. So you select a small group of people with low risk, uh, and apply uh, uh, the, 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 the proof of concept to that group of people in a controlled fashion. So you inform them, you're going, you're, you're now going to go through our improved process. We're going to try it with you. If they, if they don't agree, you, 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 you give them the option to of trying the, the old process. But if, uh, if they agree, you go through the new process, you control it. Right. Okay. So you have your mice, you have your mousetrap, uh, they are running happily around or not depends on the effectiveness of the mousetrap of course uh, i will give you another example mm, do you have a chemical industry i had the pleasure yes. of, of working with a couple of them uh, and there are startups that come up with this brilliant idea yes this 
new way of uh, doing a chemical process uh, is five times more effective. Like they run to BASF or, or some other gigantic company and say, yes, we can make your uh, chemical processes 5% more effective. And they usually hear, no, sorry, stopping our processes for the time required to implement the required hardware change would cost us so much that we won't make this, this 5%. Uh, usually it's 0.5% or 0.005%. It won't, won't, make, uh, won't uh, cover uh, the costs that we will incur by stopping our process. So when you have, a, you say, you know, when you have a running train, it's really hard sometimes to detach one wagon and, you know, push it to a different truck uh, on the fly. It's uh, the, the train is running. Hopefully, you mean detach one car, not one vegan. You don't want to detach vegans from a train, <laughs> unless, they, uh, un, un, unless it's a, you know meat meat uh, meat transporting. Uh, uh, but uh, to answer your question, uh, I think where those startups fail is not on the prototyping. They failed much earlier on the understanding, because. Yes. What, 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 what they, what they, 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 they fail to understand that the, their client or their, their problem owner uh, already has a big constraint. They have um, a, a chemical plant that cannot be stopped unless you can provide, provide a replacement value for probably millions or, or tens of millions of dollars. So asking, asking a company to invest tens of millions of dollars in order to get a return of several hundred thousand is obviously nonsense. And this is, this is something that they fail on the understanding part. So it, it, it has nothing to do with prototyping. The, the prototyping part would be, I have, I want to improve a chemical process. And in order to understand what the problem is, I have to understand how much I need to improve in order for the change to be viable. That's, that's a key, key point of understanding. Then I prototype. And if a prototype says, I, I, I have to stop this mass, massive train uh, for, for say a, a month to do the necessary changes, but I will only pro provide a, a small value, you throw that solution away because it doesn't meet the requirement. It's a pretty, 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 pretty interesting thought that you, that you presented is that element of understanding is uh analysis of the of the required efficiency increase or or, 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 or whatever sense but should be uh most of the processes like you know you think okay I, I think it's too we need to improve it and uh you know the the, the clients are are not happy with it or like you know i don't know like uh this building the the proper matrix of constraints is something which is, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's necessary. It's actually pretty interesting thought. There are two, two concepts within design thinking, which, uh, overlap and, and actually not overlap, but intermesh and are, are, I think very important for understanding this. There's the problem space and the solution space, and, uh, you have to find, uh, the, the, the kind of the common ground between the problem space and the solution space uh, within the constraints that are de defined. And, uh, you know, if, if you have uh, in different industries, those industries will have, uh, will have different constraints. Obviously in healthcare, you will, you will uh, think about uh, 
the, the good of the patient, about their privacy, about their uh, their feelings, their their kind of uh, their mental state, the well-being, uh, yeah, well-being in general. If if you're if you're thinking about uh, chemical uh, or, or or oil industries, you will think about environment constraints, regulatory constraints. Uh, those are the, the, the kind of, the, they define the boundaries of the solution space. You cannot find a solution that will breach those constraints. Problem space defines you the, 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 the constraints of the problem. If you cannot go kind of, you cannot find a, a solution that doesn't address the problem because it obviously it would be, would be nonsense. So you need, only you, when need, you need to find you need to find a very respectful superhero that will not violate these constraints. <laughs> exactly. So only if you meet the 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 both the constraints of your problem and the constraints of your solution, then you will have a viable way forward. And and prototyping is is you know you you say it's it's random, but it's not really random because even in Monte Carlo methods, you don't just run a random number generator. You run a random number generator and then put those random numbers through certain operations to constrain. The, the them to the to the probability space uh so the, the same way you brainstorm you come up with wild ideas but then you weed out the ones that violate violate your constraints but hopefully they will unlock your thinking to come closer because you will understand you don't just discard a prob uh, as a solution if it violates a constraint you ask yourself why does it violate the constraint can it bring you closer to a solution by solving that constraint problem as a smaller problem and bring you closer to the to the boundary. Uh, so Almost like gradient the, descent. Uh, yes, it's it's it's, it's a gradient descent, uh, but in, in in design thinking, it's 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 called divergent converge. So the, the the process is that you should you should diverge in in your thinking. Uh, to to you know to wild ideas and then weed out the ones that are are uh, not just by discarding them but uh, think about where where they they are why the, the the certain certain solutions certain pathways are outside the boundaries and converge into back into your your problem space once you have it, it's not, all, not, almost not, like a genetic algorithms you said you like genetic algorithms right of first you breed your pro, your your solutions and then you weed out the ones that that do not survive, and then again you breed the solutions and weed out the ones that don't survive. Yeah, but it but is, you, it you, you, almost... don't, you you try not to breed breed them too 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 widely. You don't need to generate you know hundreds and millions of them. No, the, my, my of problem the... is my my problem is as as usual. Uh, it's common sense is not that. Common. The the danger that I see is that the discussions being uh, uh, the, the solutions being discussed are usually of the loudest and most obnoxious people. Uh, this is this is the my biggest I think problem with with brainstorming is that this storm very often quickly becomes storm of something completely different than brains. Yes, but uh, you know this is this is why I I think. Uh, Design thinking should be taught 
to people, you know, from even from the youngest ages, because and and it, it teaches collaboration, it teaches respect, it teaches a certain kind of, of, of thinking. Uh, in fact, while while researching for this podcast, I found uh, uh, Dan Ryder, educator, improviser, design thinker, as he describes himself. And uh, he uh, wrote a book, Intention, Critical Creativity in the Classroom. He's in fact a big promoter of uh, teaching uh, design thinking uh, at even at, uh, in, in primary education. So he's, he's definitely someone to, to, to kind of, maybe we want to introduce, uh, invite to a future podcast. Uh, in fact, Dan Ryder, if you're thinking, consider yourself invited, we will be contacting you. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, one note, we'll have to bring, uh, diet soda because on his website, he describes that he drinks diet soda instead of coffee. So his dentist frowned upon this, but, uh, Obviously, we want to make our our guests uh, comfortable. <laughs> so, uh, and it links very nicely to the next episode because we will be uh, talking to to someone who uh, is uh, very much involved in uh, education, uh, Dr. Susan Taffer. Uh, we will be talking about um, the education aspects of, of processes. So, uh, I think it it links very nicely to to, to that topic. Okay, are there any more steps to design thinking? Because we, we, we spoke that we need to understand the problem, including the constraints of, of the both problem and solution spaces. In example, budgetary. Uh, we spoke about observing if our understanding is, is correct, which I would personally probably try to uh, interlink this to doing them step by step is like okay so now that i understand it now i will observe it if i will not update my understanding this observation is worthless but well hey ho um we are big fans that's of why you should as well. update your understanding right that's the whole uh, point that's, that's not that's not obvious from linear structure of of these steps uh then you should ideate and then you should prototype so we have four steps is it all there is to Design thinking, or is there? Uh, no, well, the, the, ne the next one was test, right? So uh, test, test your your prototyping and uh, and uh, see see what 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 fits. And it, it you know you're, you're talking about the circular circular nature of the pro uh, sorry a uh, linear nature of the process. It in fact you shouldn't uh, treat it linearly because uh, there is a certain iterativeness and uh, it, it requires exactly the mindset that for some reason you're not displaying today. And that is, uh, you know, it requires openness to possibilities and embracing uncertainty. Uh, it, it, it requires uh, a certain uh, kind of approach, learning through, through, through your experiments, learning through what you've uh, uh, what, what you do rather than just sitting around and trying to design the perfect mousetrap, just go out there and, and test 10 mousetraps and see which one, which ones actually catch, catch your mouse. It, it requires a, a, an exploratory spirit almost. And uh, that, uh, because it uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the question is like, if, if you, I understand, you know, I, I believe it's pretty co much connected to 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 um, a continuous a CICD uh, methodology continuous of, of, integration of, continuous deployment yeah uh, but that's a, that's an IT term right yeah uh, but, but but still it's, it's it works well in in software uh, in software world where 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 code is cheap uh, relatively 
uh, I just wonder how much applicable it, it, it might work when you are, again, designing a product, which might be pretty cheap to prototype. Uh, I'm just thinking, what if you have really tight time constraints? Does it apply then as well? Because like always brainstorming in, and, and discussing useless ideas uh, takes time. Uh, testing it uh, and then coming back to, to the drawing board uh, takes time. Uh, as I said, it, it, for me, it seems a little like searching for a perfect uh, solution instead of coming up with one which will be well thought through and uh, well uh, well defined with well thought maybe you know one two three it's, I'm not it's saying exactly that the first the opposite. one it's exactly the opposite because when you when you prototype if you find something that 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 works you can uh, you can expand it I, I said you know t- test it on on one user test it on ten users. You don't have to test if you have a million users. You don't have to test it on all of them. Test I'm it on one user, ten users. I'm talking about time. It's not, quicker not. to test on one user than 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 test on a million. And if it works for one user, then test it on ten. Test it on hundred. And if it's if if it moves you forward, then so, you deploy it to a, to a million and look for a next iteration. The, so, the Japanese so now, have, now you spend now you spend three iterations of testing to get to hundred people. And yes, but uh, I've moved forward. I've moved forward with my idea rather than spending the, uh, the same amount of time. Optimistically, assuming that your solution worked for the, for, for the first one. The, the so Japanese the optimistic- have an idea of Kaizen, continuous improvement. It's, it's very much connect, connected with, with, with that. And uh, it's uh, really in practice, uh, if, if done correctly, I, people actually do it with the, the, the mindset that they're trying to explore and deliver as a solution and improvement rather than, you know, okay, we've been giving free reign to, so we can just sit about, have coffee, you know, play some ping pong. Uh, it's not, it's not about this, this, this kind of wasting time. It's about actually purposeful work, but with the mandate that you're allowed to ask questions, you know, you're allowed, there are no stupid questions. There, 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 there are only questions oh, which, which bring are. you, there are. which bring you closer to understanding of the, of the solution. Or the ones that are just you know, voice to fill the, fill the space. If, if what you said with true, I'm, I, maybe I'm worried. Maybe that's why I'm so, so negative about it because it sounds like it gets rid of consultants, take a random group of people, uh, into the room, let them brainstorm and prototype, and they will come up with solutions, which otherwise require years of experience and learning. Uh, I don't really feel it deep in my gut that uh, all the answers are there locked in our brains so, and all we need to do is to shake it, to, to, to sp- spill it out, no, to be honest. It, it, exactly the opposite. The answer shouldn't be in your brain. The answer should be out there in the, in the wild, in the practice, in the experience of your users. What the, the whole point of going out and understanding, observing, empathizing is not to use your experience to solve the problem. It's to use the experience of your users, the knowledge of your users, their, their practical 
examples to solve the problem. And this is, you know, as consultants, this is exactly what, what we do. You know, there are consultants which go to the client and say, okay, I've got, I've got this, this method, which I use with last client and I will use it with you and it will work. You know, we've got a framework, but we, we always emphasize it that our framework is a framework, which we use to approach a problem. We're not going to apply the same solution to the next client. And this is exactly what we do. We go to a client, we listen to them, we find out where their problems are, we empathize and we prototype. So design thinking shouldn't really be anything new to you because this is, this is what you actually are doing, uh, except uh, it, it's kind of, it, it's described as in this, this, this kind of lofty way, because this is the way people these days like to have have things described and, and, uh, and, and, you know, they, they like that, the, 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 the whole verbiage around it, but in practice, this is, this is exactly what we do. The exploratory spirit that, that we're talking about is exactly the willingness to learn that we share and, and that we, we have made actually a value in, in our own company. So I'm, I'm slightly baffled by, by your, your kind of, uh, negative approach to it. It's my negative approach is, is pretty easy to, 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 to explain. It's, uh, as you said, it's all in feedback loops. And, and, uh, for me personally, it's about thinking about consequences and it's not maybe emphasized enough. It emphasizes with prototyping and testing and like moving forward, constant moving forward. Uh, I, in my work, like to think before I will do something, I like to think about what will be the consequences of it. And this is uh, hidden deep in like, understand the problem first, observe second. Understanding comes from observation. So disconnecting the cause, the cause and effect here, maybe it's a verbiage, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's just, I, I, do not really appreciate uh, the way it's it, it's being, let's say, s structured. It's but about, this is okay. exactly what we do. If we go to a client, we first read up on their their business. We read up on their their, their operations. We, we never say that we finished understanding phase. This is what uh, I'm what I'm talking about. No, but you have well, you have a phase of understanding. No, it's an element of understanding phase. All the interviews that we perform. Is, uh, are leading us to the point where we, we can understand without observing, we cannot understand disconnecting these two is dangerous. No, but here the understanding is emphasizing the intellectual understanding and observing is emphasizing the practical understanding. You cannot go to a client in a new industry uh, and say, okay, now you know, you, you go to a semiconductor, uh, manufacturer right. and you say, yeah. okay, now tell me what the semiconductor is because I, I didn't read anything. I know nothing about your business. T st let's start with the basic. What is no, no, what I, what no, You would look stupid, right? Uh, what you what do I'm, is first what... you read, you prepare yourself intellectually, and then you go to a client and with that intellectual background, you observe. Uh, in my, in my opinion, the verbiage is, 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 is dangerous. As you said, common sense is not that common. What you, what, what you say is implicit, not explicit. And me as a uh, semi-amateur coder in, in, in Python, I believe implicit is better than explicit. I, what I am opposing is all these underlying assumptions which are not brought to light and which are making this method 
deceptively easy to use and without all these uh, asterisks that you put and footnotes, uh, it may be really uh, misleading. That's, that's my worry. It's not, it's not the design thinking itself. It's the, it's, it's the, the, the mix up of, uh, easy to understand words with uh, a deeper meaning, which is for some reason like hidden. Because it's, again, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you, you talk about, about, uh, thinking about consequences and thinking about constraints and here me, myself, the, the, the risk guy is I'm, I'm advocating for this method because I, I understand kind of, you, you're right implicitly that without constraints, it would be, it would be mayhem. So maybe we do need Dan Ryder or Dan Stanford to, to come in and explain it to us, uh, to us better, because we seem to have swapped roles in, in, in this discussion. Uh, if, if, you know, to, to, to anyone who's, who's listening, if you have any, any questions or any, any comments on, on, on this discussion, uh, obviously, uh, let, let us know because we seem to have uh, reach a, a certain kind of impasse. Uh, but, uh, I can assure any clients who are listening that Marian is usually not, uh, that negative about, about new ideas. <laughs> he's, he's, he's playing a role here. I, so. I, I am, I am just thinking about the consequences. Yes. Yes, you are. But, uh, I think, uh, this is all we have, uh, time for today. So, uh, again, let's hope we solve some use to someone. Thank you for listening. For a good discussion on design thinking from someone who actually knows something about it, we recommend listening to Doan Stanford's podcast, the aptly named Design Thinking 101 on Apple Podcasts, especially episode 32, the introduction to design thinking. For a slightly different perspective, looking at design thinking from a method, strategy and mindset point of view, check out Dan Ryder's book, Intention. Critical Creativity in the Classroom. As usual, all links to the references will be available in the notes to this episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we'll be talking to Dr. Susan Taffer, entrepreneur and educator, about the difference between education and knowledge transfer. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about the future episodes and guests. You can also check out Cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, Artur Guya, and my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Sive. Thank you. Goodbye.